I'm here again with with Kiernan. Um, this is this is take number two. So we uh, we actually had uh, I thought a really great discussion yesterday. Um, I think I referred to it as magical when I texted you yesterday <laughs> and yeah. and, uh, and divulged that I screwed screwed up the the, the technical aspects. Um, so Kiernan was good enough to uh, to have me out again today. Um, and, and, and redo oh. 2.0 yeah 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 the second release of the discussion that he had he and I had yesterday um, and it, it was a great discussion so I hope we we, we, we do well today um, you know we were talking before I turned on the microphones you know there, there's two outcomes here either the discussion will last 15 minutes because yeah. in our brains we've we've covered this territory before um, you know or it'll go I think we went right just under an hour, maybe right at an hour yesterday, or we'll end up going like three hours today, <laughs> right? Because of everything long. we learned yesterday. Um, so we'll see. Uh, for, for me, I'm going to try really hard to avoid, well, yesterday when we talked, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saying that repeatedly. Um, the, uh, the good news is we both got coffee in us at this point. Unfortunately, it's Starbucks, but, <laughs> but that's all right. I'm a bit of a coffee bigot. Um, so... You know, Kiernan and I met uh, a year ago-ish. Um, I, I had reached out to him about uh, a coaching opportunity with 3D here in town. Um, he and I met at, at Hop Dotty, which is a local burger place here in town, uh, actually out northwest of town, uh, and had, had a couple drinks. Um, as I recall, we sat around for a couple hours and talked and drank that night. Um, so that, that, that's kind of our history since then. You know, I, I've been working with and, and for uh, Kiernan with 3D here in town. Um, you know, bumped into him as well in his duties as, as uh, the memorial coach, right? As I've been coaching in the regular season with Magnolia. Um, so that's, it's, hasn't been a long relationship, right? But we've been pretty consistently in touch for the last year, for yeah. sure, right? <laughs> for sure. So, you know, the format's the, the same as always. Uh, I want to delve into Kiernan's personal history, right? Where he grew up, where he played lacrosse. I think there's some really interesting stuff there. Um, then we'll, you know, then we'll move into what he's doing right now here in town, his current role uh, with, with 3D, what that means for Memorial, what that, what that means for Memorial, or SBMSA, the youth organization, right, and, and, and talk through that as well. Uh, I think there's going to be some really good discussion uh, in that for sure. So having said all that, uh, you know, just throw it over to you, right, kind of start start back where it all began, so to speak, right? So, so, so take me in the way back machine to your, yeah. your childhood <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, so uh, I grew up on Vancouver Island, which, you know, it's funny when I tell people an island, they think it's pretty secluded, but you know, to drive north to south, tip to tip, is probably like eight hours. Um, so it's not too unusual. But uh, I grew up kind of playing the normal sports. My dad played soccer. I played soccer. Played a little bit of rugby, not not a whole lot. Um, and then my mom apparently tried to get me to play lacrosse, I think, when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And I have no memory of it, and I was having nothing to do with it at the time. Um, and it's funny, I, I wanted to play hockey a little bit when I was growing up just because my friends were. 
it's fine. I, I gave up pretty quick though. We did a couple uh, field trips to the ice rink, and I watched my friend skate and watched what I could do. And I was like, I don't need to start playing hockey right now. That's, That's the end of it. I'm so like three years behind. <laughs> so there's no. I mean, what's interesting to me is so when I talked to John and Taylor and, and, and some of the other folks, right? There was there was an older brother, right? Or you know, in John's case, it was a, it was a generational thing, right? That handed off the sport, but you know, you you. you you didn't have a brother or a father, right, that kind of handed this off to you. Of all people, it was your mom, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even when she tried, I wasn't having it. I was into playing soccer and everything else with my friends. And, yeah, no, being an only child is a little different. Um, I, I joke when I go home. I've got uh, my best friends at home are three brothers, so I was at their house most of the time. So I, I have a fake I'm, – I'm a fourth brother, fake family. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, none of them played lacrosse. Um, but yeah, once I got to middle school, uh, I think it was sixth grade, one of my friends was playing and he was really good and kind of looked up to him a little bit. Um, and then I started playing the next year and yeah, it was bad when I started good old PVC team for the Peninsula Warriors, um, which was awesome. Definitely proud playing there. There were a lot of really strong players that came, came, went through there before me, um, you know, uh, Michael Pyers was someone that a lot of people looked up to. He went to go play at Ohio State and Junior Shamrocks and all that stuff. And I think some of those guys kind of opened the floodgates for everybody else because I know there's more and more guys going to go play, doing well in junior and senior and stuff like that. Um, so there is a little bit of that generational, but, yeah, it's it's not, not coming straight from family, I guess. So what was – I mean – where does mom? Where does mom's interest come from? Right? Did she? Was there somebody in her family that played? Or? No, no. She. Uh, well, actually, my uncle played because um, she's. My mom still does a ton of volunteering, um, and pretty much has ever since I finished playing. I think she's starting to gear down a little bit on that. But uh, ever since I like left home, and uh, she's been doing a lot of female box across, um, building that up, which is really? awesome. Yeah. No, I mean even even when I was growing up, I we'd go to Team BC tryouts and there'd be a girl there playing with us and we'd be like kind of what's going on and they're like well you know she got offered to go to Syracuse or Northwestern so she just needs to play some lacrosse before she goes because there just was nothing going on for girls and even as it's grown um, a lot of the girls that play box with the boys you know when they're younger before they kind of get in junior or whatever with the girls leagues they they really excel they're a lot more aggressive Um, so but anyways yeah so she I don't know she just wanted me to play a sport and be happy. Um, so she, you know, dove right in. She knew a little bit about it, but there was no big, big push from her. Um, the, the fact that, um, the fact that girls box even exists and the people who listen to this podcast who live here in town, that's going to blow their mind, right? Well, uh, because yeah. the, 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 the girls game here is, you know, chronologically as old, right. As the boys game here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, it's 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 not widely adopted. It's not widely played, right? The, yeah. the, the number of, of girls teams here is is very very small. So, you know, just the idea of girls field, right, probably blows people's minds. Now that people are going to realize there's girls box out there bumping around. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, we <laughs> took a team to the U.S. box and nationals this summer, and uh, the girls team, I can't remember if they're bantam or midget, but they uh, came from Vancouver Island, and I met their coach, you know, way back and saw. You know some familiar faces, and I think they went undefeated and won the whole thing at that tournament. But oh, no, wow. it's, it's starting to catch steam for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome. So it sounds like 
sixth grade-ish, maybe, you started yeah, playing? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, and I basically had a stick in my hand all the time from then. Um, I got, got to be pretty good at, at stringing, a lot of uh, trial and error, messing stuff up, taking it apart, putting it back together. Um, I remember I like taped my stick really weird for a while. I'd like my butt end was a massive knob, and I I don't know why I did that, but I was a goofy middle school kid. Um, and I basically started playing year round right from then after my first season in the box. Um, the our field uh, it's changed, but I think our field schedule is basically in the spring. Um, or actually, sorry, it was in the winter. It was in the winter because then box started up and yeah there's a lot of playoff games in the snow that uh oh, really fun and it's you know it's like seattle weather so it's really like slush and i think it's worse if everything's frozen it's a little dry but you're soaking wet and um but no i basically went back to back all the way through there uh my first year of field i, I was still just awful um i think it was like halfway through the year i got a long stick um which you know looking back now i wish i had one cut down because that was would have helped me a lot but no i right. basically fell in love with playing defense um, every year I got a little bit better, moved up to Bantam B. I think I might've made the tier one team, uh, for field my second year. And then, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm really thankful for a lot of that stuff that, you know, I struggled when I first started, you know, it would make me ride my bike and go to the outdoor box or there's a the elementary school by my house that had like an indoor area that was like brick everything. So I could just go throw the lacrosse ball off anything and it wouldn't break anything. So that the the box that you you referenced, right? Is is that the box that you recently in social media you posted up a picture on a trip back, right? Yep. Yeah, I pretty much get like one post a year there. My uh, my high school coach, his his kids are pretty much prime age for that camp now, and we've been doing it for like ten years. Um, it's like really small, really low key. It's just there's there aren't as many options for stuff like that. There's kind of camp rocks that. Um, the Shamrocks organization or some alumni put on and it's cool like the gates will come back to that and stuff like that but you know there aren't a lot of options and it's just like a casual thing I mean I kind of joke that it's like 50-50 babysitting which it is but I mean you know um, it's just them getting comfortable with their stick playing a little bit more spending a lot of time during the day and kind of figuring out trying cool new things kind of keeping that keeping them engaged with lacrosse I guess. So how was when you started do you recall, or maybe you don't know, but how, how is that youth league, for lack of a better word, how was that organized, right? Was it, was it you know, neighborhoods? Was it schools? Was it just a free-for-all, right? How, how was that yeah. organized? So uh, there's, you know, boundaries and districts, and it's, uh, I believe it's, uh, and actually it just changed because I was hearing a lot about this, um, as far as, as far as kind of competition, I think mini tyke, tyke and novice, which are like the three youngest ages, and I can't remember the grades that are associated with that or the ages, but uh, a lot of that's uh, in-house games. Um, and then once you get to Wee, it's kind of your district. Um, you know, everyone tries out, there's different level teams, and it's kind of like rep, as far as you represent your boundary and go around right. and play the other teams. and. There's a year-end provincial tournament, and you can uh, go in some other tournaments, you know, over spring break or whatever. They're kind of all over the place. There's some in the interior, some on the island. Um, we always hosted a Father's Day uh, mini-tyke tournament. Um, and it, that's what, another thing I like about Victoria is everyone kind of works together a little bit. Like, we have the mini-tyke tournament on Father's Day weekend. You know, PV threw up, can go to the... Juan de Fuca tournament or the Sandwich tournament or whatever. There's things like that. So everyone kind of 
works together. Um, the other tournament we had, and I, I believe it's changed, was Matt Underwood, who was a First Nations player, just because uh, where I grew up, there was also a reserve kind of within our district. Um, so he, you know, he was a great player, coach, you know, mentor. He had cancer and passed away um, fairly young. Uh, so there's a memorial tournament and they do head shavings. And um, I think one of the things right after I finished playing it is they would get people to uh, be like bone marrow do donors and things like that just to try to cool. raise awareness for that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like the, those youth teams, right, were, were organized – I mean, was it organized around cities? I mean, or was it just uh, kind was of it just kind of clubs that everybody just kind of agreed, hey, this is Club X, and, and we pull kids from this area, kind of thing. Right? Yeah, kind of, and a lot of that's changed. Like, um, you know, I don't know how far back I have to go, but you know, the association I played for didn't even exist, and it was like all you know, the Sandwich Tigers. That's you know where the Gates played and all that stuff way back. Um, and then there's you know a Squamalt further into town. So I mean, some of that stuff. It changes and new new clubs come up, but it's um, it, it's a it's a longer process, and I think that's just you know looking at a place like Canada where it's been around for hundreds of years compared to a place like Texas right. where yeah that history right again that, that generational history and that handoff right that that provides that stability you know there's there's some respect for that history and those organizations they've been around a long time and they work right yeah so uh, you know year to year I suspect year to year. Folks aren't trying to turn every knob and push every button and, and, and um, make changes. There's there's people who try to end up in different places for different reasons, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, better coaches going over there, or you know, go to school over there, or whatever. Um, that I mean, that that just kind of happens all the time, and it's I think it's I don't think it's ever gonna go away. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's universal, right? Yeah, waivers <laughs> are universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. After that initial, you know, experience, middle school, junior high, whatever, whatever we call it here in the U.S., right? You know, wh what was next? Is it is was the next step directly into to high school for you? Was there yeah. something in between there? Yeah, no, and uh, so you know, minor lacrosse basically runs up until your second year midget is like your tenth grade year, um, and then after that, there's intermediate, which is you know a, a mix of the two. Um, I went. My freshman year just to the local high school um and you know it was great fine saw a lot of my friends um but something that there is in victoria is there's a lot of sports academies um so instead of a pe credit you go and play you know play lacrosse every day play hockey every day play baseball every day um and i think they're you know they're growing and i think it makes a lot of sense i know people aren't as crazy about the special specialization um but it's also different there you know we're not playing um high school football like you know five days a week in season or whatever um that you know there's still a lot of other stuff I mean for me on the other hand it was a lot of lacrosse um I'd show up to school every day second period play lacrosse uh Claremont and then depending on the season go home go to box practice or if it's in the winter go home go to field practice you know there were a couple days um I remember having lacrosse in the morning, having lunch in my next class, and then we left early because we were playing in a local tournament, and it's like, it was it was a lot of lacrosse. Um, so you had, there was there was a, a high school team, a high school proper team, right? But then there was also these, no, academy, it was, these academy teams? Or no, there, the, it's, the it's all, all academy. The same thing is, okay. it's, it's not a school-sanctioned sport. It's all kind of clubs, and I think 
uh, I'm trying to remember the first year because I think it was like my freshman year was the first year they had a quote unquote like high school championship. Um, and honestly, that's kind of secondary for a lot of people. The same way box lacrosse is split up into boundaries and everything, field lacrosse is the same thing. And I know at the time for us, it was, we, we would way rather win club provincials than high school provincials. Um, and I mean that, it's funny how quickly that kind of changed. There's a lot more academies going on now, and that's kind of where people's focus has gone. And I don't really know if one's better than the other, or what's right or what's wrong. Both teams, you know, will go travel to tournaments and, you know, try to get seen or things like that. Um, and I know they kind of, they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit, but I mean, kids are out playing lacrosse, so I don't, I don't think I really have a big opinion one way or the other, which is better. So it was, was hopefully everybody who's listening to this at some point has heard about Claremont High School. Yeah, yeah, I totally <laughs> um, skipped over that. <laughs> the, um, was, just to be clear, was was the was the Claremont team, I mean, it was was it maybe organized around the school, but it was it was It was, it was organized around the school, yeah, yeah, it's still an academy. So okay. we would get people from all over. So, you know, if it was, it's not called UIL, but if it was a school sport, um, I would have been able to play on the school team because I was still within the same school district and transferring within a district I don't think was as big of a deal. There were some people who came from further out that, you know, if it was a school sport, they would have to sit out or whatever um, for those games. But, uh, I, I mean, I think I, I think it's pretty well known that I don't think lacrosse is going to become a school sport super soon in BC. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been gone for a while. But, you know, I, I think that there was there's a lot more of a, you know, we're okay with the system as it is. Just go play. And if What's you're serious, move say? on. Yeah, where I feel like Texas is a little more like got to become UIL. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, right? So, you know... I'm going to step out on a limb here and say lacrosse in Vancouver seems like it's okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? it is, yeah. And, and, and the fact that it's not a sanctioned school sport, I mean, does it matter? Right. Well, and it's funny too, cause it's just, I think, you know, if you, if you asked a random kid or a parent or whatever, would you rather win the Minto cup and the junior A national championship or a club field provincial championship? Seven days out of the week, you, you want to win the Minto, right? right. Um, even even probably like a box provincial championship, those are a little more highly sought after. Where I think, I mean, we definitely are fortunate enough, or yeah, to have a lot of opportunities to play up there and a lot of things to play for. Um, that you know, I, I feel like uh, we don't get overly competitive about stuff like during the game, heat of the battle, definitely. But you know, kind of when it's done, it's done. Tell me about. Uh Again, uh, hopefully most folks who listen to this have heard of Claremont High School, right? Uh, it's not that. It's No Hill Academy, that's for sure. You think? No, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I think Coach Rising does an awesome job. Um, you know, things, things are obviously different compared to the, the U.S., but, um, you know, Darren Rising's a teacher there. He's been teaching for a while. Um, he does a great job. He, you know, played with the uh, Gates. He went to Claremont, I think, uh, you know, um, played in the NLL, like just an amazing resume that, you know, a wealth of knowledge. And then Chris McKay, who coaches there as well is, you know, awesome. Same thing. Grew up in Victoria, found his way out, played at Butler when they had a D1 team, um, got drafted to the NLL, you know, had a good career there, you know got back and is fortunate enough to be a firefighter and I think that was huge just having you know it's great to have a, a coach as knowledge as knowledgeable as rising but 
when you can have two guys there to run more drills, do trips, honestly split up into more teams. You know, and they're both there awesome. now? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So what's the, you know, when we hear the term Claremont, Right. What's the yeah, that's sauce, uh, right? yeah, that's the the three D thing, and yeah, when I first came down to uh, Houston, um, I met Jamie, and he kind of asked me about it, and I was like, yeah, I think the rules you have are the best way to kind of teach it to outsiders, but a lot of it's just kind of, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities to the quote unquote Claremont offense and how we play offense in box. You know, if you're standing still, you're wrong. Right. You got to be cutting. You got to be moving. You got to be calling for the ball. Um, I think, uh, I, I just really like it as a good way to play. People talk about playing faster. I feel like the, the term gets used all the time, um, where I think that really fosters it. And I mean, I know it made me a way better defender. The, the fact that I, if I turned my head, my attackman was gone. Um, right. that it made me kind of at least to be as good as I was off ball. If I wasn't an amazing on ball defender. <laughs> so it sounds like one of those things like, uh, uh, you know, when we hear about West Jenny, yeah. right, and you, and you talk to, when you shouldn't say talk, when you hear stories about West Jenny and West Jenny High School, the coaches, the coaching staff and the players there are like, man, I don't even know what the West Jenny drill is, we, yeah. <laughs> right? So it sounds like, you know, we hear that Claremont term, right? Yeah. And it's probably one of those things where we go back to Claremont High School and say, no, man, yeah. tell me about the roots of, and they probably just scratch their head well, and look it's funny at you and say, it's just, that's how you play. I mean, those guys know Jamie and it's, they've kind of known about it the whole, the whole way, I think the first couple times and they hear somebody yelling it from the sidelines, they kind of turn and look and like, what are you calling out right now? What are you saying? Like, what are you saying? Um, but... No, I mean they're good about it, um, and I think they're you know I'm I'm definitely kind of proud of it the fact that, uh, you know, came from a place and it, it gets recognized as far right. as cross country or whatever that. Yeah, there's probably literally tens of people here in Houston who know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how, what kind of success did you have in high school? Uh yeah we. And again, it's funny, it's something I completely gloss over because, you know, I think for a lot of us, when we showed up to PE every day on the days we didn't want to, or whether we were going for a workout, you know, those few days when we didn't get to go play floor hockey or softball or something, um, we were just doing it because we wanted to get better, you know, we thought we wanted to go play in college, um, you know, our, we weren't super into like, oh, beating outside competition, obviously we welcomed it and hitting guys in the same jersey every day or whatever got got old but uh yeah my uh grade 11 and grade 12 year we won uh provincials and um grade 11 year i i had a blast that game i think new west won it the year before they were really organized as well they got a lot of the like new west salmon bellies players on their high school team um because some places like coquitlam got split up between a bunch of high schools and stuff so um, but yeah, it was pouring down rain, you know, it was a great game, went back and forth, you know, had a blast winning it. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. Um, and then the second year, I can't remember who we played. I can't remember the name of the school. I can remember some of the players, but again, like once they're over in Vancouver, you know, go to different schools, whatever, I can't remember. But I remember winning that game. It wasn't as exciting, but you know, it was, it was fun to win our last year in high school. And especially as guys took off in different directions, I think. Um, one guy went to New England College. The majority of the class went to Bellarmine. I went to Mars Hill. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I think it was good. We were, I feel like, one of the first kind of complete classes out of Claremont to go places. I mean, there were guys that you're, you're ahead of us 
Um, but also the guys I played with were there for four years. My my first year of high school, I just stayed local and figured out what was going on, and then then came over. How many guys? I, I, I go back to that the picture you posted up on social media of your local box, right? That outdoor box. Yeah. How, how many boys, you know, from that box? did you play with through high school and how many boys fall into that group that you just described that were, Hey, they, they wanted to play college lacrosse yeah. and they and they went off and played. The guys right? that were Peninsula Warriors that I think were closest to my age. I think there were just three of us that went to go play. Um, that being said, after the fact, there's, there's a bunch more, um, some guys that were two or three years younger that, you know, went, went on and did like really good things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny that it's kind of small and, I don't know. It's it, it's the I don't know if Peninsula is the smallest association in BCLA, but it's not definitely not the biggest. Where I was always proud of the fact that we, you know, had an A one team despite the fact we were so small. And I know the years before it was A two, so it was kind of on right. the fence. It was still going to provincials and doing well there. But the fact that we could at least and be in the same division as the best teams in the province despite our size is something I definitely took pride in. So. How did you get from Vancouver to Mars Hill? Yeah. No, I, I don't think we went over this yesterday, so I'm glad, glad to talk <laughs> about it, where, you know, all the recruiting, all the stuff that, that goes on now. I mean, I had some teammates come to Mars Hill that went showed up sight unseen, so never visited anything like that, which I feel like is unheard of now. Um, basically, spring break of my senior year, I was, like, constantly going to the library at lunch to, like, send out emails and you know, follow up with coaches and just figure out where I was supposed to be. And I think um, Zig and, and Chris, like, kind of helped us a lot. We, BC's best had kind of just started when I was in high school, and it was just, like, one or two coaches. But we were still just grateful for the opportunity to listen to some of these college coaches talk. Um, you know, having Ohio State there, Bucknell came, you know, stuff like that was awesome. Where I look at it now, and there's – Tons of D two and D three coaches just looking for some skilled Canadian guys. They kind of come to get down, which is which is awesome. Um, and I think this past year was the first year they had it for uh, women as well. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. But so what what year was this? This was uh, two thousand and eight because it was spring break two thousand eight because right. uh, I graduated. So I, early. you know, and I, I, my history obviously doesn't go that far back, at least in that depth, but. You know, I, I think of Ohio State. You mentioned Ohio State, right? They've made a living, it seems like, recently from yeah, the no. Canadians, right? Yeah. Well, so, no, and that's so that history started. goes yeah. back, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Del Garno was one of the first ones. He was from Poco, I think. Um, Shoes. That was even before. Yeah. Well, Trust, I, I used to sorry. play against Shoes all the time. I Shanks, it. Austin yeah. Shanks, right? Yeah. These are all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's, uh, yeah, I got a good list of guys that I played with, especially that club season. Growing up, like those Coquitlam guys were awesome, so skilled. Like Ben McIntosh, Robert Church. I remember Robert Church stinging, we're like twelve yards out, stinging top le like top corner left hand, and I'm just like, ah. and our and one of the defenders is like, hey, you can't really let him do that. I'm like, well, if I let him go to his right hand, he's gonna do the exact same thing. So I think you know we're just kind of someone else can gladly go cover him. I'm fine with that. I I remember being 13 years old, and uh, my coach was like. Go over there to Logan Juice and just count his eyelashes. Don't let him get the ball. I want to know what kind of shampoo he's using, all that stuff. And I was like, I hated it so much. And I was like, hey, like, you know, Seth, somebody, you want to go do this? Because I would rather be like playing lacrosse instead of. But no, I mean, he was that good. Yeah. So there was. That's interesting to me that even back then, right, there was that 
I, and again, I just think of Ohio State, and there's a feels like there's a big Canadian connection with Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, no, definitely. And it existed oh, all, yeah, it's all been the going way on back in 2008, yeah. right, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, finish your story on how yeah, you got so, to Marshall. Yeah, so sorry, spring break, uh, you know, Coach Woods I emailed with a lot, who was uh, the head coach there. Uh, I think it was like St. Andrews. Uh, there was a big Limestone-Victoria connection, so I added Limestone to my list, and wasn't totally sure about that. I mean, they've got a great history, won a lot, um, but you know, I kind of wanted to go there, go somewhere where I could be a part of something, not just kind of hang out and wear a jersey for four years and then. Um, so yeah, spring break, uh, my mom and my grandma visited, drove around North Carolina, a uh, bunch of a uno- bunch of unofficial visits, um, and I I got I think I got along best with the guys at Mars Hill, kind of no question about that. Um, that it made that decision pretty easy for me. I don't think I verbally committed, you know, on the spot, but it wasn't much long after. Um, and then, yeah, kind of came down my freshman year, no idea what was going on at all. Um, Coach Carrington, definitely first couple practices in my face about not being loud enough, this and that. And I was like, yeah, this is unlike anything that I've ever experienced. It's definitely better, no doubt about that, being held accountable and stuff. But, uh, yeah, just completely different. Um, and it's, I mean, first day, just to kind of give you an idea, first day, don't know anybody. It's not a big school, but don't know anybody. And I think I'm wearing a shirt from a Coquitlam tournament. And uh, one of my teammates' moms comes over and like, oh, like we go to that tournament all the time, whatever. So, uh, you know, find, find out he's from Vancouver, from Coquitlam. And yeah, it's it's crazy. You go from meeting nobody, uh, you, you know, you meet older guys on your recruiting trip, but right. all of a sudden, yeah, just start meeting and making friends, and especially in a pl- Mars Hill, North Carolina, is not uh, pretty hard to find on a map. So yes. we had to make a lot of fun. We got super close as a team, and I think that had a lot to do with a lot of our success um, on the field. I mean, we were in the top ten for Division Two every year that, we're, that we were there, and I, I take a lot more pride in that compared to like going to Limestone because you know, we kind of brought it up from, not brought it up from nothing. They won the conference tournament the year before I got there, but um, we, you know, we did a lot with less, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, We weren't getting, sure. like, top recruits and stuff like that. But. So what, I know at least one other Mars Hill alum, right? Yeah. Cody, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, down in Clear Lake. I think yeah. it was a year or two after me. I, so I know some people. No, we did not, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it's funny that you can kind of, we didn't overlap at all. I have met like once, but we can talk about some stuff that, you know, no one else will ever understand. <laughs> so I had, I had, here's a strange nexus of the universe. I had dinner with Cody and Mike Brand, <laughs> and there were some few other folks around the table, yeah. but Cody and Mike good, Brand, good crew. yeah, in Plano, and uh, you know, uh, Mike Brand, I mean, he, he'll keep you in stitches no matter who you are, right? And it was fun to listen to Mike Brand and Cody talk about the coach. At, uh, oh, Dave Clarman. Yeah, he's still not. He's not stories. still there, right? No, I think. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. It's a couple seasons, I think. Yeah, no, he's uh, and people would always ask. Like, I, I, I love playing for Coach Woods. He's a great guy. Um, learned a lot, but yeah, people would ask me, especially my senior year, about the team and the coach and. I'd always be like, well, yeah, Dave Clarman, he won a national championship the year I was born. So there's, there's that. <laughs> won a national championship with UNC, first time head coach. We all got pretty excited about that, that, you know, first year as head coach UNC won a national championship. We're like, yeah, we'll stick it out our senior year. 
He's pr proven he's proven he's done it before. I don't know if he can guarantee he'll do it again, but that's awesome. So, um, but yeah, so you know, four years of college were were great. I unfortunately uh, was behind a guy that was three time All American at LSM, and I mean, even my freshman year, we had an awesome guy. So, I I didn't have the the best playing career, and I was fine with that. I was you know whatever it took. I switched to D midi my senior year, which. We didn't really use a lot of D-Midis, which I totally understand. I, I'm not a big fan of using only D-Midis. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of did whatever whatever I could to uh, help the team get better, that's for sure. Um, it was definitely a heartbreaker, I think. Three three of the years we lost to Catawba uh, in the conference playoffs, which was an extra thorn in my side. Um, their goalie, Michael Pecchia, I played against him all the time because he was a Coquitlam guy. Um, and lost to him a lot, so that was just a little extra painful. He actually, because I think, so I was a year ahead in school, so we were the same age, but he graduated high school like a semester early, or yeah, a year, yeah, a semester early, because then he came in mid-year to Catawba, and I was just like, yeah, I can't get away from you. So what year did you finish at Mars Hill? Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Um, so once you wrapped up at Mars Hill, where did, where did you go? I, uh... I was I double majored in biology and chemistry. Did uh, yeah, which blows my mind. Yeah, because yeah, now, <laughs> now you're here in town yeah. doing everything that is 3D here in Houston, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure that was a prerequisite for no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, no, I took the PCAT. I just bombed the uh, reading comprehension and math uh, calculator. Just not even. I killed it in biology and chemistry, but not that. That, that just kind of sums up my. Uh, I feel like my background but anyways I uh, went home and I was gonna uh, get a master's in chemistry and I'd upgrade some courses and quickly realized how much I hate school without lacrosse like I really you know love biology and chemistry but I need to get a break and do something more fun so when you went back home to go back I was, to uh, school yeah enrolled at UVic you weren't you weren't playing at that point no it was uh especially because the summer just ended my junior career just ended which was a real real heartbreaker for me. I know we kind of talked about that before and I skipped over it, but I was uh, drafted to Nanaimo, coming out of midget, um, pretty low, which made perfect sense. Uh, and then I stayed home, played intermediate B. I kind of missed an opportunity to go play some intermediate A in Nanaimo, which I think would have helped me play junior A and you know see how far my career could have gone. But I, uh, especially coming home from college, I didn't wasn't crazy about that much more travel going up the Malahat, hour and a half there, hour and a half back, you know, two or three times a week for practice, going to the mainland all the time for games. Um, I kick myself now, for sure, but uh, kind of what could have been. But I had a blast, you know, playing junior B. Um, yeah, especially with all my friends I had growing up, that that was, that was great. But Yeah, and this is where we're going to gonna diverge, and we've talked about it, right? You're one of, I think, all two people yeah. right, in the Houston area that I can talk to about the Western Lacrosse Association. Hopefully there's more after this. I yeah, mean, they got the yeah, yeah. pay-per-view, whatever. I'm definitely going to start watching the Minto. You you surpassed me this year on WLA games. There's no doubt about that. Even this summer, I think last summer, I somehow managed, I you know normally go home for a week, I think I somehow managed to catch two last year where I did not see any this year. I didn't see any junior games either. It's, yeah, it's I don't, and as I've admitted pretty freely, I I. I I've turned into a Bellies fan, right? Having never been to New West, uh, I've seen pictures. You have to make the trip. Yeah, trip I know, to right? Park. I've got to. Um, and I think this was my second year that I really watched WLA. 
uh, watch the season, right, and, and, and watch the bellies and watch the playoffs. Um, and, I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I love the fact that that exists, yeah. right? Um, I, I love the fact that you see boys who, you know, like a – You'll never hear of. Shuss and Shanks, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Crowley, yeah, yeah. right? All these guys who, you know, had unbelievable college careers. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're you know, played MLL or NLL or, or both. Yeah. Right? And then you see these cats. And they're still playing amateur. Yeah. You see these cats going back to Canada, right, and, and, and playing unbelievable across. Yeah. Right, and it, it's it's just awesome. I love it. I, yeah. I, and I, like I said, I don't know how I became a, a, a Bellies fan. I, I think it was just a combination of, you know, probably Shus and yeah. Shanks. And yeah, no, you see a couple of your recognize, and yeah. it, it's crazy too. For like, for me, um, my my friend Tyler, who I feel like we're both big stat nerds, um, and we like follow a lot of guys that like no one else would really hear of or like figure out where they've been. Yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, it's. I, it's it's a whole different world. Um, well, and then sure. you just you, you you get into the history of it, right? Yeah. So you know, I love that the that New West the arena there, um, that green floor, right? That the history of that facility. It's been there for a hundred years or something, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, I I love all that stuff, and and we don't have that here, right? Not even close. Yeah. Well, I uh, yeah, my last year at midget, um, I think they just finished the new floor, in New West. Um, and they, it's awesome. They they sold parts of the old floor. Uh, they have a bunch of it up on the wall with some you know New West history. Um, one of my teammates they they moved over to Victoria from New West. His dad coached us a bunch. Um, he has this like three inch scar on his shin from playing on the old floor where there'd just be like nails sticking out and stuff. <laughs> like it's crazy. That stuff would not <laughs> would great. not fly. What I love and, and and the other part I love about you know. WLA lacrosse is, um, you know, you watch these games or you, or you see their posts on social media. So you've got the just the history of the facility, you know, the history of the crazy green floor, right? All these players, and then you then you watch the the ceremonial face off, and you see this cat who's you know 120 years old, and you find out he was on the the New West Championship team team back in 1948. Yeah, or something, they got a lot right? of banners hanging there for sure. Yeah, and man, that history is awesome, and we just. Yeah, I think New West probably has the best history, which is really hard for me to admit. But Shamrocks definitely have some good stuff. Uh, same with the Timbermen. Um, what, and I, when I was watching um, the Bellies play Maple Ridge yep. in the first round of the playoffs this Maple year. Maple Ridge pretty stacked, too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. Um, so you, you've got this history, right, juxtaposed to – and these great young players, and then I'm watching the game broadcast from the Maple Ridge facility, and Cam Neely. Yeah, it's like right? Cam Neely I think, Arena. Right? Yeah. So from Cam player. Neely Arena, and, and you hear the announcer talking about, hey, the 50-50 raffle is up to $1,100, right? Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, man, you've got this awesome history, you've got these f- fantastic players, and then you've got the 50-50 raffle, yeah. right? It's, it's such a cool environment, right? Yeah. Oh man, I love that. No, that's like I, I think uh, youth lacrosse, you, even those senior teams, they live and breathe off of the fifty-fifty raffle. That's the best, best fundraiser there is out there. Yeah. Well, so when I was at um, when I was at Woods, when I started the team at Woods, we had we understood our costs right down to we we knew how much a game, home game cost, paint, right, uh, officials. 
field rental with or without lights, right? We, we knew how much a game cost. Yeah. And we instituted a 50-50 raffle, right? Yeah. And we could knock out half or two-thirds of a cost of a game just with a 50-50 raffle, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, at the time, I think we all thought, man, we're, we're rocket surgeons, right? We, who, you know, we're crushing this. We thought of this great. Yeah. And then I watch the Maple Ridge game, and they're, like, talking about the 50-50 raffle. I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I'm not as smart as I think I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so back to uh, – Back to your story, you came back home to go to UVic and go to school, yeah, right? Yep, yeah, and I uh, actually tried out, and I, I still can't remember how I ended up trying out for this senior A temperament. Um, and it it's kind of a uh, thorn in my side now. Um, there's a senior B team in Victoria, and I was like, that would have been right up my alley. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't make uh, the Timberman that year that I tried out, which was no real surprise. Actually, and even, uh, yeah, um, Last time I tried to go play the uh, uh, the St. Albert Miners, who I think they're uh, – I, I didn't see if they won last night. They might be playing for, like, their third in a row senior B national championship. But uh, I was just on the outside looking in there, too, last couple times I played. I think you got to get in better shape. Yeah, but, very cool. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, I came home and, uh, yeah, I was trying to upgrade. Hated school. Withdrew. Uh, got a job. Uh Dalton Jernigan, who was my teammate in at, at Mars Hill, and we we lived together for a semester. Coach paired us up, and very different schedules, very different uh, majors, all that stuff. I ended up moving out after the first semester. What was Dalton majoring in? Uh, I can't remember. That's so bad that I don't know. It was not bio or chemistry. It's gonna drive me nuts. No, it was not a science. I know, I know it was business. I just can't remember what what exactly. He was uh, the president of the business honors club. All right. Yeah, hey, yeah. That's that's good intel. It is. Yeah, I've still got a business honors club T-shirt. That, uh, that's good yeah, intel. I just got because he was the president. Um, yeah. No. Uh, he after we graduated, he was an assistant coach at uh, University of Tampa and. Had an awesome time there, and he was still he still kind of kept up just in the college coaching circles with uh, Coach Roberts, who was our assistant coach our freshman year, um, and we loved him even though we only had him for a year. I still talk to him a lot. It's it's crazy that you know uh, Coach Carrington left it during the fall of our freshman year, and that you know this guy who's only like, only coached me for a semester has been such a big part of my life. Um, he uh, we he reached out to him. He had a graduate assistant who just who just finished his two years, and I was like, I want to go coach lacrosse and get out of get away from home, um, just because I don't really know what I'm gonna do if I stay here. Um, I was, had a it wasn't a government job, but it might as well have been, and the pay was good, but the hours were brutal, and it's like one of those things. If I stuck with forever, I could have just done and gained some seniority and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, did not enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I moved down to uh, uh, Mequon, Wisconsin. Actually, I don't know if I ever lived in Mequon, but that's where the school was. Um, and he told me ahead of time he uh, that you know, hey, an opportunity may come up for him to go to Marquette. Whatever is like, I don't care. I'm in. Um, you know, want the opportunity for sure. Give it a go. Um, and then I got, I moved down there, filled up my uh, Volkswagen Golf. It really, really kills me. That thing went away a couple of years ago. That man, that thing took me to Wisconsin, back up to Alberta, down to Houston. But uh, anyways, 
got down there. I uh, had made the Irish national team for the Celtic Cup, so I went over to Ireland to go do that. So what What year was that with the Irish team? Uh, 20, I feel like that had to be the summer of 2014. So did you know um, at that point, I'm trying to remember. So Chris Arnold, he was after, yeah, just right. after. I think, uh, I think the the worlds after that, and I can't remember the coach's name, but that was that coach's last thing, and then uh, Chris and all those other guys came in. So did you that. did you bump into Chris? Nope, not at all. Dude. Not until I came to Houston. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Chris is awesome. Yeah. Small, um, small world. I talked yeah, to him yeah. when we went on spring break two years ago. We were gonna try to get a scrimmage going with the high school coaches in Florida now. Yeah, yeah. So Chris. Chris is, um, he's, he's such a great guy and he's so creative and I just I really enjoy the way he coaches and runs the sideline, right, and manages his teams. And, you know, last season, um, last season I saw, early on in the season, I saw Stratford running a 10-man ride, right, here locally. And, you know, the, the first person I thought to call, you know, with something creative against a transition defense like that was Chris. And he and I talked for, God, I bet you a couple hours that night, right? Just about something like as, as specific as, you know, how to break a 10-man ride, right? And Chris is awesome. I think, I think the world of him, right? He's a good guy. When he, uh, he and I were involved in GHYLA at the same time, I think at the time there was a stint where I was, had a leadership position with GHYLA, and I forgot what his position was. But we would go to these GHYLA meetings, right? And GHYLA is a, it was it was okay back then. We we kind of wrestled it to the ground, and we and we we made good progress then. But every once in a while, there'd still be a little bit of a flare up, right? And I'll I'll, I'll never forget Chris. At one point, you know, someone was arguing a point, right, or kind of you know arguing with Chris or against Chris or whatever it was. And I remember Chris kind of telling me, you know what? He goes. In Europe, I'm kind of a big thing, <laughs> and, and here I am in Houston, and these youth guys, these youth parents, and these youth dads are are, are giving me the business, and I'm I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I mean I think they recognize whenever you just kind of do stuff the right way over there, because it's yeah, not, yeah. there's not like a ton of options, and they're just they want to come out and play and get better, and that's what I realized when I was there too. How you know it's the whole league is. I feel like it's almost kind of what we do in memorial sometimes like hey you're athletic you want to come try to play it let's go do it and then you know they're just kind of grateful they're for the experience it's not they don't have a bunch of history and they're like oh well i want to do this this way or right. you know stuff like that so you just had the one yeah i tried out for the box team um as well and i know that you know in the past they got kind of a rough time for just uh they would call the team long ireland because all the you know people in new york that could do it would come over and play so they they tightened down on that and you're basically trying out for like half of the team when you go um where 50 percent of the spots are for guys in ireland which is i think absolutely the right way to do it um so yeah no i felt fell shy for sure um and honestly that's just all, all on me i did not keep up with being in good shape or hitting the wall or any of that stuff once i finished college right. um that uh, yeah, so that was only only time that I played for them. Who knows? Maybe I'll fly over there, go to another tryout someday. But uh, yeah, so I did that. Came back to uh, Milwaukee, and uh, um, uh, Coach Roberts was gone, um, which was which was fine. Um, little little interesting, you know, being a twenty two year old kid that 
no head coach. Uh, kids are coming back, or kids are back, or already back, and they're kind of like, hey, what's going on, whatever. I'm just like, no idea. Just kind of sitting in this office by myself all day, not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Can get a head start on some of my coursework, uh, follow up with some recruits, maybe that I, yeah, but, um, but no, then uh, Mike Fahey was hired and uh, he was the GA before me and he came in and did an awesome job. I think oh. that was uh, definitely the right decision. Um, I know there were some other guys with more experience on the table, but you know, it's Division Three in the Midwest, you, you need to kind of know what you're doing. It's not, you can't just come in from Maryland or something and think you know how things are going to work. Um, so do you keep in touch with him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I talk to him. Uh, any event that we can see each other at, we definitely make make a point to go hang out. I'll call him randomly. I feel like I'm always bothering him. Just like, hey, man, <coughs> I just need to not think about whatever I'm doing right now, so I'm just going to give you a call and catch up. And that that's always good. Um, and I, I enjoy getting his perspective on, you know, uh, he's he does an amazing job recruiting. Um, and I think he's gotten a lot of really good guys in there. We... You know, had a lot of success. That was the fourth and fifth year that that program existed. Um, so I, I think it's really special. I know I probably beat it to death yesterday about going to a program and being the first ever class and all that stuff because right, you kind of right. set the culture and whatever <clears throat> down the road for better or for worse um, that, you know, we did. I think we did a lot of kind of special things. I forget we broke a ridiculous amount of program records, which, I mean, only makes sense. Um, and then... Uh, the last year, the fifth year, first time going to the conference tournament. And I mean, he's just continued to make things better there. Uh, as far as, you know, last year they won the regular season and conference tournament, went to the national tournament and kind of got to make history there. And, you know, hopefully they just uh, keep climbing. But, uh, so, so, yeah, anyways, then uh, after I finished there, um, finished my coursework at least, uh, my uh, thesis still kind of eludes me. I uh, came down, I told Dalton that, uh, hey, he needed help. He and I kept in touch. That So Dalton, at this point, Dalton was down here. Yep, yeah, right? he, I think he just finished his first year. So he was here. already with 3D, already at Memorial, yep, yeah, right? Yeah, he came to Houston through 3D. Um, Memorial reached out and uh, asked about you know getting a coach and making a deal. Uh, so kind of put the contract together for the master service agreement, and they you know brought him in as an interview and or as an interviewee, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. But, uh, he, yeah, he, you know, needed some more help with uh, the Knights and the youth and JV coaches and whatever. And, you know, I kind of told him that, yeah, I, I want to pursue some other jobs, which is not easy to do when you're Canadian. And they ask, what, how's the visa work and all that stuff. And I'm like, I, I've only, I'm only as good as my research. And, yeah, it's, it's not an easy task for sure. So ended up down here after I finished at Concordia, um, which was awesome. I loved it, you know, working with a bunch of different ages and teams and doing clinics and all that stuff. You know, HBL kicked off as kind of just a thing for me to do, uh, fill my time. Um, and now, you know, we're heading into year five of it, or I guess it's already kicked off. But, uh, yeah, it's something that I love because it's, uh, I, I, think, I think the world of playing box across and if I can bring something that's as close to what I played and what it looks like in Canada I, I, my skin definitely cringes when people are like oh I go play box across and it's like well it was six by six cage and you know right. you're not wearing bicep pads you're not cross-checking it's it's not the same and it's like easy for me to pick out on those things but a bunch of the skills that those guys have like it's way harder to get away from your defender or whatever when you're cross-checking because that's so much easier than throwing a poke and having a lunge out that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's 
where a lot of those skills and things come from, having a shot clock, all that stuff. So the what's interesting at this point for me is, and, and I know we've talked about it before, is the the relationship with 3D and Memorial, right? Because that's 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 news to me, so to speak, right? I've, I've never seen a relationship like that before. So maybe dig in a little bit about what what is that agreement? What is that arrangement between 3D and Memorial? Maybe how it came to be? Right? Yeah. Because it, it's, man, like I said, it's, it's, it's different than anything else I've seen. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And I think, uh, as far as I know, it's kind of the only one in the country within our program, you know, whatever. Um, and I, you know, 3D is kind of the biggest or the, and maybe I'm just too partial, but uh, lacrosse services company. So it would kind of make sense to me. And I, again, I, you know, was still in Wisconsin when everything came to be, but you know, there were a group of parents that reached out and, you know, had a tough time getting coaches or making decisions at the youth, whatever it might be. So who, um, who did they reach out to? Do you know? I don't know who in particular. I know kind of, it was just three D like generically, Fox I assume, and those right? guys, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly how Dal- it all went down. Dalton wasn't here. He was it still wasn't... in Tampa. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. he just okay. kind of came on board once it came to be a thing. Gotcha. Um, and um, yeah, sorry, what was what was your just question? Uh, just <laughs> just trying to dig into the the agreement, right? Yeah. The arrangement between 3D yeah, and, and there's some specific details on kind of hey, this is this is when we're gonna do stuff. This is you know, uh, how much involvement we'll have with the youth, um, some things that I, you know, I'm contractually uh, obliged to do. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, you know, contracts are only as good as the people who write them, where there's some freedom, and we figure it out as we go, where, you know, maybe this, you know, one year we don't have to do as much in the fall, or, you know, you know I think, you know, like me coaching the SPMSA All-Star Game was something we just added on, and whatever, and yeah, it's yeah. not... You know, no one's gonna freak out over that. So the um, the the arrangement between 3D and Memorial covers all the coaching at the high school level from from yeah, Memorial. Yeah, yeah. So teams, I'm right? uh, yeah, I'm the Division One head varsity coach, program director, whatever you want to call it, um, and you know, in charge of finding other coaches and things like that. Um, you know, we've built in another position which Coach Nice has as far as doing the nights and him being in charge of all that, and I kind of give as much input as time will give me in the spring um and then there are a couple things with the SPMSA seven on seven league but uh you know I, I think it it makes a lot of sense where you know if you're just a high school going out to go get a coach you know you might get a different job or you know there's a million different reasons why the coaching carousel happens in Houston um where you know at least with 3D you know we've been through three coaches but things haven't really changed that much um Thank goodness I got to Super Regionals last year, so I was the only one to not do that. But, uh, yeah, four out of the five years that there's been an agreement, you know, going to Super Regionals, um, you know, just uh, doing things the right way, I guess. And I think that it helps that Chris and Dalton and I are all, you know, close enough. I think I gave Chris a lot of phone calls. He's still back in Denver. But, hey, you know, how did this go last year? Should I change this, do this, do that? You know, Well, good. and the three of them all still – Work for 3D. No, know? Chris or is the, uh, Chris is in Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. So every once in a while, I'll get like screenshots. Coach Hehan will send me of uh, Coach Heron running the box for Michigan, which I think is cool for sure. That's uh, cool. Good All place right. to be right that. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he was a Kingwood alum. Really? Yeah. That's that was a big reason why he was here. Yeah, he played at high school in Kingwood, and I know his dad did some coaching and stuff, and. 
yeah. I didn't Houston, know that history. Deep, yeah. yeah, it yeah. is a small, small world. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so the Knights, SBMSA, the, what you described, right, was, you know, an agreement to run the high school programs, right? But you also mentioned that you, you dipped down and, and, and there's some responsibility with, yeah. the, with the, the youth as well, right? So maybe talk a little bit about that arrangement with the youth, but then also expand it and talk about the youth more generally, how it's organized, how does it work, yeah. what does it do, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so the Knights uh, came to be four or five years ago. Um, and before it was under SBMSA, it was really just a program and, you know, our mission statement, whatever it was, if you're going to go play at Memorial or Stratford, you know, come come play for the Knights. Because um, I know, you know, all the waivers and stuff, whatever, we just weren't as worried about it. If you're not, if you're not, if you're going to play somewhere else, then that's fine. Go do what you want. We're just going right. to coach up the kids so we can feed our high school. Um, right. That, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I kind of have an advisory role and we built it in. And that was actually my job when I was here in uh, 20, the spring of 2016. And I was the, um, Knights manager, um, I think is the title of that role. Um, you know, we're making sure the trains run on time, uh, getting coaches, uh, you know, helping, helping out at practice once a week, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that, that's all included as well with the memorial agreement. And then kind of the seven on seven stuff is, is a little more minimal. Um, you know, I think there's there's kind of more some some more changes and stuff that I'd like to see further down the road. I know it's it's tough. Like I think you know there's been some research and stuff by using five by five cages for that age group. I think that's awesome. Obviously, you got to buy all new cages, so that's a ways away. Right. Um, uh, but I think that you know that that's also helped us as well. Yeah, um, I think what's interesting for me about the SBMS SBMSA model, and you see it out in SciFair. Right, I, I've seen it. I don't know how organized it is, but I've seen it in practice with the Hornets, right? Yep. Which is, you know, there, there's kind of this internally facing, right, almost rec league development league, right, that casts a pretty wide net, right, and then at some point, right, those 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 players hopefully graduate to a more externally facing, right, full field. No, that's right, ex that's exactly GHYLA, it. right. Yeah. So so maybe talk about the the how the sevens. The, for SBMSA came about and, right, and how it's how it's used right, yeah. to, to grow right that that more competitive GHYLA facing component. Yeah, and again, it's it's a lot of stuff that happened before I was here. Thankfully, um, that uh, I didn't have to go through some of those growing pains. But I believe uh, a bunch of the parents that are seniors now kind of are the ones that made it all happen. Um, I, I don't know if it's when their kids were in third or fourth grade, so it's been going on for a while. And, and last year. I think was the second year that we had first and second grade so <clears throat> just kind of you know first and second grade five on five you know following kind of the u.s lacrosse rules or right um and i think that's been awesome we've already noticed some some growth at those numbers and then third and fourth grade you know we've got a, the seven on seven league which is you know dad coached um but we have some just awesome volunteers in, in that position. I can't say enough good things about them to yeah. kind of keep that on track. Well, at that, jerseys, trophies, all that stuff. Yeah, with, with, with that focus, right, and at that level, you know, so, so many parents get scared off here in Texas. Oh, I don't know the game. Right? Yeah. So, you know. No, and, and that's and, another and, thing, part but of you my don't, job. I do a coach's clinic every year. For, yeah, but like, at that hey, level, if, if, if you're doing that seven on seven right, or what, I, what I've seen in practice with, with the Hornets, right, if, if, if you're doing that right, where you're running like a, you know, a forty-yard field, 
with yeah. three buys, and the boys just have helmets, gloves, and sticks, right, and softballs, and it's it's really just you know, Jamie's term, right, pre-play, right? Yeah. Well, and the biggest it, thing I like harp on those guys is like it's not like, you know, it's it, you don't have to go out there and like set up plays and whatever because some guys keep do them that from killing football. each other. Well, and I get that's I get <laughs> right? that's what they're used to. Yeah, yeah. it's like. You know, I, I like using the analogy. Imagine trying to watch a basketball game if guys can pass and catch the ball. Like that's that's all right. you really need to do. Right. Like. Yeah, just keep the little guys from killing each other because honestly, they're gonna get, they're gonna organize and play that game, and it's gonna be more useful for them. Yeah. Right. Just um, so even at that that that, I guess my point is that that, that SBMSA model with that sevens internally facing group, right? Man, you you don't need dads who know the game in and out. Right, you don't need. I, I think they need some direction. That's kind of why I do the right. coaches' clinic because it's you know. But and I think it only kind of helps it. But yeah, no, not at all. Kids are out there having fun, and I mean, we have third and fourth grade, and then fifth and sixth grade. There's seven seven on seven league as well. Um, so you have a there. So GHYLA right has they have competitive a competitive league right for third and fourth i think i don't know competitive is probably the wrong word at that age group but you get what i'm yeah, saying yeah yeah no, but fifth and sixth for sure yep. right there's a competitive ghy leagues ghyla league so you've got some overlap there for those yep, fifth, for and, fifth sixth and sixth graders grades, yeah. to play sevens and just develop their skills but then you know for the for the kid who maybe has been playing for a few years right and has a little more command oh uh, we get a bunch of kids playing both and we, we oh all right it, yeah um, so the, and, and seven on seven is really just Sunday afternoons, and it's kind of built that way on purpose. Um, it, you know, it can be after church, but it almost doesn't conflict with the nights at all. What are the impact? What's the impact of the boys who say that sixth grade boy who's been playing for a while and he's playing competitively, right, in that outwardly facing piece? What is his impact when he comes and plays in the sevens league? It's it's definitely positive. Um, it it brings, I think it kind of gives some other kids on the team or kids are playing against something to kind of shoot for as far as getting to that level. Um, I think at some point, you know, once we get the numbers, I'd kind of like to separate that a little bit just because it's like, does Billy really need to go out there and score 10 goals a game? Um, and, you know, some dads are getting competitive that they want that to happen. I mean, that's that's right. just like the worst case scenario. That's not... Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, we kind of want those levels to it. Uh, the other big thing that it's like those are the families that are a little bit more invested, so those dads are, you know, willing to step up and coach and help out that, you know, we, we kind of need everybody in community involvement. Another nice part is it's not like there's one kid. There's like six or seven kids, so those kids get spread out throughout yeah, teams yeah. that it's, you know. Um, well, and they're, you know, with that approach, right, they're a coach on the field. Well, and you talk about, like, fathers down to kids or like how I did friends teaching like that's that's pretty much how it happens like yeah. hey like we do a, a draft for the seven on seven leagues and it's like hey you know my friend's best friends with this kid and he wants to start playing I'm gonna take him on my team like stuff like that happens so there's it's yeah there's definitely a lot of good that comes out of that how do, how do they make the jump from you know he's a fifth or sixth grader and he's playing sevens how does he make that jump out to that outwardly facing GHYLA-ish just comes right? to tryouts yeah. All right. Yeah. So there's there's much. a separate set of try. It's yep, it, it's not like coaches are sitting there going, "Oh, he's ready for no, the big leagues," no, yeah. right? <laughs> no, and I mean in the past there's been some kids that we kind of would want to come out to the nights and and wouldn't. And you know it's it's you know I said it yesterday a bunch, but it's a moving target um, for sure. That you know you get those top top kids that are playing seven on seven, having fun, but you know they're they're just out there to have fun, which is totally fine and awesome. But, you know, if they're going to do something more competitive, it's going to be baseball, football, basketball, whatever, um, that, 
you know, and I think that's why we have it. It's just an outlet for playing more lacrosse. It's not, there doesn't have to be, the more people playing lacrosse is kind of the better in our eyes. Yeah, um, yeah the trophy's it, not that big, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, we're yeah. not going to just pick the top five kids and, you know, get yeah. them when they're five years old and train the crap out of them. It's just uh, have more kids playing. And So you'd mentioned that SBMSA, right? So the, so, so you and your role with 3D, right? You, 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 have an agreement to run the high school piece and you dip down into that SBMSA piece, but you also mentioned Stratford, right? Yeah. So when you get down to that, that SBMSA piece, you know, how do you manage that, organize that, whatever you want to frame it, yeah, that benefits I mean, both you and Stratford. Yeah. Right? And that's, I mean, just like when it first came to be, it's just, it, we just feed each program. Like, you know, everyone's treated the same. They're all nights. We wanted to make sure that well, a, it was like when we started, we needed to have enough kids to make teams at those age groups because if you're making a team based up of fifth and sixth graders compared to the high school where that covers four years, like, you know, we, we got to make sure that we have enough to make it work. Um, that, you know, I mean, every, everyone's treated the same. You know, Coach Janes, who's the head coach at Stratford, comes out to tryouts and has, you know, as big of a part of it. As, and I, I try to, like, limit myself as well from that, um, especially now that Coach Neese is doing it. I can – I've – feel really comfortable that he's done this for you know a year now that he can get through tryouts and all that stuff without me even being there because I think that would just bring up more questions about Memorial versus Stratford or whatever and I, I honestly you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to win that way I want everybody to get better um because I just think Houston as a whole needs to get better so we can compete with Dallas and you know things like that that you know I, I realize it's much bigger than myself and Memorial so there is some level of integration between you and, and Ben, right? At that, yep. At that youth level. Yeah. Right? No, definitely. How many? What are the? And you may not know this off the top of your head, but you know, last season at that youth level, what kind of numbers did you have, both for the, uh, the, we've the been, internal piece and that external yeah, piece, right? Uh, honestly, I don't know exact, but I know we've just been very consistent. Um, you know, when I feel like even uh, in twenty sixteen when I was here, ever since then, it's been. Not the exact same thing, but I feel like we've been five to ten kids every year. A little higher, a little lower, but we've been consistent, which can be frustrating because you want to grow, but can't argue with having the same thing. And I, I think uh, we will get a bit more of a push. And it, it was hard when we added first and second grade to know, well, obviously see that versus the other, are all the other numbers the same? Um, I think that there's going to be a bit of growth in there, um, but... Yeah, no, I, th I think we've been very, fairly regular, which is seems weird. Well, no, I was, good, you know, or my, or anything, but. my first reaction to consistent and, and level and, and, and same numbers is like, good for you because yeah. everybody else is struggling with falling participation rates, right? And, yeah. and you go to some of these programs around town at the youth level and you see these gaps where, yeah. oh, we don't have any fifth graders or, right. oh, we don't have a fifth and sixth grade team or, you know, and it, it's, it's really regular. Right, it's it's. Um, I don't think we're immune to that either, um, and I can see different trends within different years. Um, and I mean, there's. It's funny. I used to get way more enthralled in that stuff as far as like, oh, the Astros won this year, and these kids are in fifth grade, and you know, whatever. That you know, I'm just guys take it for what it's worth, and we've done the right. same thing at the high school, and you know, I definitely want there to be an answer and something to do by looking at the numbers, but. I've realized it's like just I just need to go out there and recruit, you know, like whether it's, you know, hey, do you want to come try this because you're not playing any other sport or whatever. Like even at the high school, 
I realize the same thing. If you look at the kids we get, it's any random number of reasons. It doesn't hurt to, you know, be there as a shoulder to cry on after baseball cuts, but, uh, you know, it's, it's so random and from all over the place. And I think just being open and receptive and welcoming of everybody is just the only way to. Well, but the big thing you have going for you is, in, in my humble opinion, is that internally facing sevens yeah. rec league, right? Because that's where you're going to generate I mean, you know, visibility and interest and you're yeah. going to get kids come out and try it, right? And you're going to get kids hooked. Right, and as there's more time requirements and financial investment, it's 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 easier. Yeah, because the, the hooked, and that right? and that's all like it really is designed or needs to be is an introduction and more kids playing. Even if it's like not all those kids quit when they get into seventh grade, at least people like see them what they're playing and have a better idea of what lacrosse is. You know, I don't, I don't want to put too much pressure on any program that okay the the high school studs out here somewhere. I gotta find them and. You know, it's just play as much as you can. Cause, I mean, because, like, the like weirdest stuff happens. I think, you know, our best freshman last year didn't really play that much. He just moved to Boston, so I'm kind of heartbroken about that. But uh, uh, he didn't really play that much, and then he came out and started to figure stuff out. And, you know, you don't know how puberty's going to go. You don't know yeah, where kids' interests are going to go. You, you can't, no yeah, yeah, just, you know, try to be positive, have more kids playing, and hopefully, you know, the results will take care of itself. How did, with the... With SBMSA, the sevens, the internal piece and the, the, the external piece, do does SBMSA do they provide any equipment to the kids? Is there like a for the, especially for that internal piece? Do y'all have helmets and sticks, right? Or, or how does that? Uh, we do not. Uh, what we have done uh, for first and second graders, uh, they you know when they came in the fall, they would you know get a stick or something like that. And I think even that some were kind of moving away from. Um, not like as a cost thing, but I mean, I don't know. There's like a bunch of extra gear here if somebody needed it or whatever that I think the community part of it's gotten a lot better to, you know, there was a, uh, there's an incoming freshman whose parents met me at the, uh, at our new parent meeting and they were asking about gear and stuff and like, where we need to go buy it, where we need to go buy it. And I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even stress about it that much for, you know, for fall ball, what he can make it to or whatever. You know, for the first couple of weeks, if he just wants to borrow somebody else's stuff, like I'm not big push to go, hey, go buy everything, you know, let's make sure it's going to work. I mean, right. I don't want you to buy a bunch of stuff and, oh, he's a goalie, so go buy some new stuff. You know what I mean? That, you know, just come out and try it and make it work and, you know, yeah. Yeah, so you don't, you don't think, I mean, it, it, as much as... You know, it would be good, like, don't get me wrong, you know, the U.S. lacrosse grants and stuff that's out there that, hey, you show up, here's all the gear, whatever. I, I just, you know, it's, I, we've kind of worked our way around it a little bit. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it's a barrier, right? Yeah, exactly. If I, there's a need, I, I think it, it is a little bit. I think if everyone knew that, hey, if I just showed up and signed up and I got all the gear, it would help with more people signing up or whatever. But it's, I, again, I don't think it's a barrier. I think if, you know, I got an email from somebody, they're like, hey, we want to play, but we don't have any gear. Right. You know, I, there's a lot of great families here that I could. How does the does the that internally facing sevens organization? I mean, do do they communicate that to folks so folks know? Hey, look, there's yeah, there's, there's think, not a barrier to this, and, right? Yeah, I think board members and stuff do a good job. And again, it's not it's not anything super formal because it's I don't know it's I, I can't say enough like good things about the volunteers and board members and stuff that I've gotten to deal with because it's been awesome. I know. Uh, you know, growing up, I talked about my mom being super involved, and it, you know that kind of became the norm to me. But then I heard some stories about other places and whatever, and 
not the best experiences. So, you know, I, I'm definitely thankful for that because, you know, whatever success we've been have or even just staying consistent, it's all just because, you know, I think there's a lot of people doing the right thing. Right. Awesome. So how do you... Is there anything we're missing about the Memorial 3D? That's pretty... Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, it's interesting when I, when I, ref, when I relate back or, or think about your experience growing up in Western Canada and the fact that, you know, the holy grail here is, oh, we got to be a sanctioned sport. Like you said yeah. earlier, right? We've got to be UIL. That's the, that's the, the be-all and all. That's going to save us. It needs to look like a school sport so we can become a school sport easy because that's the most important thing. Yeah. Right? And but I, then, yeah. But, well, then you refer, you know, we relate, refer back to your, your experience in Western Canada where there couldn't be a stronger lacrosse culture. There couldn't be more successful teams. There couldn't be more organized. There couldn't be more history or culture, right? And nah, the, the East Coast, as much as Well, but, but you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, but you no, know what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, Rel- there's, relative, there's to, relative to yeah, us, no, yeah. right here, <laughs> it's like, and y'all are doing just fine in Western Canada yeah. without being a sanctioned sport. Yeah. Right? What Man, what's, what's the key there, right? What's the difference? Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't... I definitely don't have the answer. Um, I was hoping you did. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty crazy. Um, step one. Uh, no, and I I mean, it's everything. I think is just shades of gray. Um, you know, I got super excited to uh, first time I went to the final four. You know, was uh, when Denver was was in it and Wesley Berg, who I played with on like U19 nationals he was like way younger but he was by far good enough to be on our team you know he's he's in uh, the final four scores around the world and I'm just like that blows my mind you know but I, I think there's like it, it, what's what's the end goal like you know there's Texans playing division one they're doing great um, you know having Taylor Brooks on and scoring a goal in the national championship and stuff like stuff like that there's there's success there and I, I don't really know if if UIL is like the end goal that is gonna that everyone wants, then you know more power to you. But I, I don't know how that necessarily changes everything that goes on now. Like, and, and I I think it's a lot of it just because of my point of view. Like I sure. changed high schools because I wanted to go play more, and I saw that as as a way. Um, you know, I'm not saying oh everyone needs to move up to the woodlands. Um, but right, right. but you know, it's just even like recruiting as well. Like I was sending all those emails and you know, you, you kinda have to do all the work for yourself and I don't know if the goal's like having more kids to go play in college, you know, get in there to be an M L L team. I, I think that's, you know, part of the issue is there's so many different end goals or possibilities, which which is a good thing because there's opportunities, but you know, I it's that that's where I struggle to be like I, I don't know what the answer is because I don't know what the end goal is. Yeah, I mean, and I can only speak for myself, right? We talked about this a little bit yesterday after we we had our first run at this, <laughs> right? Take one. You know, for 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 me, man, my goal is simple, right? Um, it's access to resources. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and you know this, right? Everybody here knows this. Some of the 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 biggest challenges here, and they're all of these issues are intertwined but it's like i need a field with lights yeah right i need access to a field with lights and and i think people who aren't here in texas or football dads or baseball parents or you know basketball players or whoever they they, 
they have access to unlimited resources and they don't know how lucky they are and they don't know what else that drives. So here in the Houston area, okay, we're not a sanctioned school sport. So we don't have access to fields or lights unless we pay for it. So that's a, that's a huge budget item. Yeah. Right. And then it also drives how you, how you find coaches. Right. So, you know, great. You've, you've got a kid who, uh, who, who, who played, you know, college is a, got legitimate coaching, came back here, he worked at BP, he can't be at practice at 4 o'clock. Right. Right, because you need a field that doesn't have lights. Yeah. Or you have a field, field that doesn't, doesn't have lights, yeah. right? So, you know, for me, I, I, and I don't know that, you know, maybe being a sanctioned school sport is the quickest way to that, right? Yeah. But for me, it's just all about those resources, man. Yeah. You know, I, I, I need a field, I need lights. Yeah, and no, and it's... I, I, want, I want my boys, you know to be integrated into the school culture, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that it's, I'm simple, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny, because, like, a bunch of that stuff, um, like, I think, I don't know, it must have been after I moved, moved here that I went home, and I was like, yeah, now seeing having that outdoor box, especially a bike's ride, bikes, yeah, like, that That was Right, how pretty, awesome is that? That was pretty right? crazy. Um, and, I mean, the arena, it's, you know, I compare that to, like, finding a turf field that you can rent because i mean you had to pay for it and that's where our dues and things went for you know games and whatever and when you're older you luckily got more time in the arena but uh yeah having those facilities was huge i mean fields though uh you know my i think it was when i got to be in grade 10 we started using the gravel fields uh at beacon hill park like right on the ocean so like you know playing on a gravel field i think you can imagine is not it's not sand it's 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 in between. It's pretty fine, so it's almost like playing like sand. But it's it's pretty rough. But then Beacon Hill Park is right on the ocean, so if it gets pretty windy or whatever and it's cold, it got to be pretty miserable. But, I mean, before that, we were, like, traveling nomads when I was middle school, high school, whatever. Right. Like, we were at this high school for a little while. Okay, we trashed their fields. They won't let us back. Okay, we're going over here. Like, it's funny that, you know... Uh, I've had to do a lot of practices in baseball outfields, and that, that that's what I did. And I was, I think, U13. I forget what happened. I remember, it's like a nightmare. I remember running around that baseball field for like 45 minutes, whatever, as a kid, because we did something stupid. Um, right. But, I mean, we also got pretty damn good playing on that baseball outfield. So, but, all. <laughs> but I guess that, and so I guess if I understand you correctly. It, I mean, it, it was the only one we could get with lights. But yeah, no, right, you're but right. It, I asked, the, then I go back to the same question, which is, Okay, so my, my, our challenges here locally with respect to resources, lights, fields, those things, it's a universal challenge, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It's not specific. I'm sitting here, uh, I'm a little snowflake. It's so specific. No, it's yeah. not, right? Yeah. So then I, it begs the question, how is it in Western Canada where you grew up? Yeah. How, how is lacrosse? And there's places so that are successful, better. Yeah, right? like, I remember but Dr. You, Charles the, Best would host the tournament every year because they had a turf field with lights. Like, yeah. um... Yeah, no, and I don't think there's, and it's weird because, you know, a lot of people that know me, I'm pretty pessimistic, but, you know, just finding a patch of grass and somewhere to go play and you just make what you got out of it because right. there's a million different reasons. And I feel like, you know, even if you got that field of lights, oh, well, we need a better coach or we need better officials or whatever. Like, there's a million different things right. that you can always say that are limiting it. And I, you know, there's always going to be a rate limiting factor. <laughs> is, it, is it due to, I mean, so growing up, those kids in that box, right, yep. in your neighborhood, or, you know, the, the, the youth programs, is it due to the fact that they looked out and they saw these junior A, junior B teams, 
like yeah, the senior that's something we totally team. skipped over. Right? Did, yeah. did they did they see those teams and think, man, you know? I, yeah. I, it, no, it, I it, I said it yesterday. That's that was the Friday night lights. You know, Shamrock's yeah, games yeah, are Friday yeah. nights. Um, I didn't figure it out until I was like older that hey, going to watch those games and seeing that stuff made you a lot better. And once I was, you know, later in high school and in college and drive myself, I'd go watch a lot more junior A games or whatever, whether it be to watch my buddies or any of that stuff. But, I mean, all my teammates, um, yeah, I skipped over the whole daddy ball thing too. I had a bunch of teammates whose dads coached and they would go to those games. And, you know, that was a re- that was part of the reason why those guys were so good. And it's funny, uh, I'll be, <laughs> quickly, but, yeah, like, Daddy ball. Oh, no, I mean, daddy ball, I brought it up yesterday. It was, like, the exact opposite when I grew up. Like, you know, I, I loved my coaches, loved my teammates, everything. But there were days where I was like, I wouldn't want to be on that ride home. Like, dad's pissed, and he holds you to a higher standard. It's it's not you're getting more playing time. You're getting more of well, the, chewing. Yeah, I mean, it, and <laughs> it's I, – I contend that I tell people all the time, I, you know, I coached my son – a little bit when he was younger, fifth and sixth grade, right? A little bit in fifth and sixth grade, which is great. But as a, as a as a father, right? You know, when you're coaching your own kid on a team, man, you you you, you catch it both ways, right? So the, the other parents are daddy ball, daddy so, ball, daddy ball, yeah. and then when you get home around the dinner ta- dinner table, right? Mama's in your ear. You treat him different than everybody yeah. else on the yeah. team. Right? There's no winning. Well, so, I think at home too, it's like they're like, yeah, I am going to. For better or for worse, he's getting treated differently. Because yeah, as soon as I show a little tough. bit of favoritism, everything else goes out the window. And I know, like Coach Kirk says it that because I, I think he coaches kids all the way through. But you know, it's like they had a rule on their staff: like my kid does anything wrong, you talk to him. Your kid yeah. does anything wrong, I talk to him. That's and I was like, that's rule. great, but that's I think that takes a lot of self discipline too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. But I, I just, uh, and I, sorry, I want to go back. to No, that. you're good. You know, if, you, if if Western Canada faces, you know, a lot of the same challenges we do here and they're being successful, I mean, is is the difference that that hey, we see these 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 mature leagues at these older levels, right? And and, and that's a tangible thing and we go on Friday nights, right? Yeah. And we watch the bellies play, right? Yeah. And, and is it just a more tangible thing and, and that I, I I on social media this morning I used the word catalyze, right? Does that catalyze those younger boys, right? Having that that program to look at? Yeah, I, I think so for sure because, um, and I mean, I think you're going to see it with the PLL and MLL for sure. Um, like, I think that's always going to be as that's more accessible in Texas. That's going to help with that. Um, and especially when you can see local guys. I, I, I can see you rolling your eyes over there. But believe me, <laughs> it, def- it definitely helps a bit. Because I, I think back to, like, the kids that were, like, three years under me that, you know, did really well. Those those guys were at every junior Shamrocks game, like looking I'm, up to the guys. Whatever. I'm with but you, and that's why I think different that's levels. It, it's important, right? Seeing in person's way better. I'm just gonna, uh, I'll, I'll come on. Hundred percent. So you're talking <laughs> to the guy who I, I was Flying a season up to Vancouver. To I was a season West. ticket holder for the Rattlers last oh, okay. season, right? So I'm driving, you know, eight hours round trip and investing in a hotel room, right, every weekend to see the Rattlers play. I was man, I was all in, yeah. right? Oh, that's a that's a lot, but and I, I get it. I see what's going on in North Texas. Right, yeah. and you saw the same thing in Ohio with the machine, yeah. right? Where you know they were driving lacrosse, right? The machines. I and I don't know all the history, right? I know enough to be dangerous, but I can see from a distance that the machine was driving lacrosse in Ohio. I think yeah, that was a big one. There's yeah. also like 
you can go see Ohio State, you can go see right. Ohio Wesleyan. Like, there's a lot of programs right. all over that state that are good programs. I mean, here Dennis in, in this area, and people again have to realize Texas is giant, right? I, I can't, you know, run up to Dallas real quick to get no, the game, yeah. right? It's I, impossible. I, there's no way I do that. Eight yeah, hours. It, it's <laughs> and I, trust me, I've tried. Um, but you know, think about this area, Southwestern, right? It's a sanctioned NCAA school. Yep, that's three three hours ish from here. And then you have the University of Dallas, right? And that's that's four hours from here, right? Those are the only two NCAA programs we have in the state, right? So again, it's it's like what can the boys point to, look at, learn from, right? Aspire to, you know. And, and in in the Dallas area, I just think the Rattlers are doing a great job of of, of driving the conversation, just like the Machine did, right? Yeah. In Ohio, um, and, and we're missing that here. Right. No, I think that there's like high school lacrosse as well. Like looking at some programs, like you know, I think there's a great, uh, good number of youth that come to the Woodlands games, that go to HP games, that go to ESD games. That yeah. that's something else. And I think uh, it's just finding that you know whether it's getting the pay per view and watching the WLA and sitting your kids in front of that or you know whatever. Right. There's there's opportunities. You definitely have to be creative and kind of go find them. Um, and it's, also, it's like it's got to be fun too. Like don't don't just put your kid in front of the WLA game. Watch this. There'll yeah, be a test like, afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like no, you gotta you gotta enjoy it for sure. Um, I mean, I hope box across takes off even more down here. I know the NLL like expanding, and you know last time it did, I felt like like the New York Titans and stuff, or went down Orlando and whatever. That that kind of it expanded quickly and retracted. That I think the NLL has been pretty tried or true, tried and true as far as. You know the MLL and PLL stuff that's going on, and yeah, yeah, and we'll look at it, and and we're gonna talk, we're gonna speak way out of our element here, but it, it's similar to what we've been just talking about, right? Look at the the Georgia Swarm, right, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are they driving what's going on in Georgia from a lacrosse perspective, or are they taking advantage of it? I think that, right? and that's tough. Like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Like, same thing with Dallas. Like, a bunch of those programs were good and have had good youth programs, but. Again, it's something you can point at, and it's it's probably helping. I think in Atlanta, it's, uh, um, yeah, again, I don't know which one came first there. But uh, the fact that there's the Blaze as well. Because, I, I mean, I think, I don't know how long ago, but I was like, those two are going to cannibalize each other, whatever. But I was wrong, like, for yeah, sure, right. which is awesome that they're big enough and have a big enough market to make both happen. And, you know, I think that's something else that, um, I feel very fortunate to be with 3D is I can see a bunch of stuff across the country that I don't get too dialed into one spot. And I mean, whether it's like talking to my coworkers and coaches to get ideas, but also just, you know, looking at, you know, what 3D Georgia does and how that grows and the guys there. And, you know, cause yeah, it's, you talk about being a snowflake, there's snowflakes all over the place. Um, and they're all, they're all, you know, snow and cold and, you know, they're all, they're all similar, but you know, there's de- definitely differences for sure. I think, you know, talking to someone from, you know, Austin or whatever, where maybe, you know, the Astros are doing well and baseball is even bigger here and it's, you know, how to make lacrosse still work in a baseball-rich environment or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me that, that you know, my, my definition of success right now, well, which yeah, is it's, access it's to... What's re- the end goal, yeah. Is the access to resources, yeah. right? And, and, you know... How many of those resources do you really need? field with lights man yeah yeah no, I get, I get <laughs> um, which i say that, feel that and, sure. and, and I, I i need to step back so 
Magnolia, where I coached during the regular season, we're, we're lucky enough that we have access to lighted fields, right? So I don't want to leave the impression that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm fortunate in that in that regard. Um, the, yeah, it's just interesting to me that you know the, some, the same challenge, those challenges are, are universal, and, and in some areas they it they overcome them, and it's it's not an issue. And yeah, here it just feels like we're just we're time slow. solves all wounds. Right? Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, you'll kind of find what you need or make a way around it. I think that's the thing I've realized at home. And it's big, and, you know, it's not like people don't try to reinvent the wheel there for sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, a couple club organizations have kind of come to Vancouver. And, you know, I find that, like, fascinating because the one thing that, you know, talking about the generational stuff where, you know, it's not my dad passing it down, but we have totally able dads to come coach us that, you know, won a national championship in junior or – you know, maybe played pro for a little bit, maybe, maybe right. played in college. Like those guys are all over the place. Um, that, you know, listening, to, uh, coach Perotti's interview with you that, you know, those coaches are plentiful that that makes a lot of stuff a lot easier. Right. Um, for sure. Compared to, you know, having to sort out guys and have, yeah, all that stuff kind of get figured out on, on the go. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So what, um, just as we suspected, today's going to run longer than yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's awesome. I, it's almost like I'm thinking to myself now, maybe I should do a dry run with everybody. Exactly. No. <laughs> um, so what did we miss? Is, is there anything regarding, you know, Memorial or the, maybe the governance of SBMSA and the success of SBMSA that we missed? Or? I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I feel like that's, it's a pretty simple thing for me as far as like looking at the youth. It's just you know, get more kids to play or whatever. There's no secret sauce, <laughs> for sure. Um, Unfortunately, nowadays, everyone's looking for the secret sauce. Yeah, and when it, the, when it's the not, secret it's sauce is really just round up a critical mass of boys yeah, and mow some grass and go play. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, there's places all over the city where things are going better. Like, you know, again, it might just be a, a one group of kids or whatever and figuring out ways to make that sustainable and... Yeah, there's no secret sauce, and different problems come up all the time. Well, that's what I've discovered. And again, maybe maybe we're not as special around here as I think we are, right? But you know, talking with you know now you and John and Taylor and you know some of the other folks that I've that I've got lined up, right? You know, maybe some of these challenges aren't <laughs> aren't specific. Yeah. Right. And but but what I keep bumping into, and I, I used the term with Taylor very, very specifically, which was, you know, he was talking about his practice field space, right? And, you know, all of that access to resources, the, the, the relationship with the schools to get access to fields, none of that is institutionalized. It's all based on, on personal relationships. Well, that's the other thing I've realized too, with like, even just like looking at division two high schools and last year, like, you know, when our division two team played Lane Creek, you know, they're on campus on the turf. Like, you know, that's really cool. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You would think that the fact that we aren't a club sport or like everything would be unified or even maybe even across the city, but, uh, you know, there's, there's different ways around, right. around it for sure. Everybody it's, you know, be, be, because there's not an institutionalized relationship, right. You know, in my experience, you know, a great example, right. My experience at Cy Woods, starting the team there, and the experience at Langham Creek, which is in the same school district, couldn't be more different. 
right? So you're dealing with administrators and ADs and coaches on that campus, and some of them have different opinions about what you're trying to do in the sport. And, Absolutely. You know, the threat that lacrosse plays, right? So, um, yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. That's one thing that jumped out at me now is, is, is my, my success and what we did at Woods and how Langham Creek approached it differently, right? And within the same darn school district. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's nuts. All right. Well, what did we not cover? Anything else? Uh, oh, I think I missed the story of uh, when I was talking about I wanted to play hockey growing up, and uh, I wasn't allowed to. Did I, did I tell that story? No. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to play hockey because uh, I was told all my teeth would get knocked out, um, and so lacrosse was going to be, like, the safer one. But uh, the the year, and it's uh, maybe I have a weird sense of humor, but the, the year I started playing lacrosse, I think they outlawed having wooden shafts because a kid's cross-check rode up, and he broke a wooden shaft on this kid's neck, and it was like, you know, thank goodness there was a volunteer firefighter in the audience who ran out there and, like, saved this kid's life. And I was like, really, Mom? I can't play hockey, but I can go do this. But Did she rethink any of that? No, I mean, <laughs> that, that was all after the fact, and I think she kind of just chalked up to me being a smartass. But, uh, no, I'm absolutely happy that I got to play lacrosse. No, that's a good story. I'm glad yeah. we snuck that in there. All right, good. Well, I appreciate you coming out again. Ah, it was awesome. Thanks right? for having me. I was, man, I was so frustrated and bummed out yesterday when I realized that we had an issue, but I, I'm, I appreciate you coming out um, and doing this again. I think, strangely, I think we benefited from it, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I needed the dry run. I needed the practice for sure.